Before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Amen. And I know it's, sometimes it's, it's hard to stay here when you know that it's such a beautiful place in Shalom. Uh, <laughs> we have such a beautiful onik there. And I know, I'm sorry. I will not uh, torture you more than one hour today. So <laughs> we will study and then we'll go to Shalom, uh, our next center, Shalom Center. So Purim is one of the joyful, fun-filled Jewish holiday, holidays. Celebrated annually on the 14th day of the Hebrew month of Adar. The word Purim is the plural form of the Hebrew word Pur, which means lots, as in the expression to cast lots. This is why it is Purim. According to the scroll of Esther, they should make them days of feasting and gladness and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. It is a beautiful time, beautiful days, joyful days. Purim celebrated, is celebrated among Jews by exchanging gifts of food and drink. Actually, uh, we're not encouraged to drink in the synagogue. Yeah. Water. Water. And prayer. And sometimes in the prayer you can be drunk in the Holy Spirit. I'm experienced that, so it is possible for you too. We can pray together. Maybe you will feel the same. So, donating charity to the poor, eating a special meal known as the Saudat Purim, public reading of the Megillat Esther, the scroll of Esther, other customs include wearing masks, dressing up in the customs. So thank you again, Heyman, for coming today. Actually, uh, our Heyman is different because he, he followed Torah. <laughs> yes, yes. We need to pray for uh, modern Haymans that they will change their hearts. Amen. Amen. Holding public celebrations and eating hamantashen. And today we are going to eat hamantashen after the service. So again, you're welcome to the Shalom Center right after the service. Purim is our annual commemoration of the survival of the Jewish people at the time when they were captives in ancient Persia. At that time, the king and his English name and his English passport was Artaxerxes. Yeah, English passport, Artaxerxes. In Hebrew, Ahasuerus. Almost the same, but completely different pronunciation. The king appointed a man named Haman. Yeah. As his chief advisor. advisor. It became Haman's plan to kill all the Jews in the empire, but his plans were foiled by Mordechai. 
<laughs> I believe we have a few more Deha'is here. One, one, of, one of them were, were here. More Deha'i. Can you stand this? I, I thought you were Moses, but looks like you're Mordechai. Okay, good. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Mordechai, for coming. It is, you're an old guy, actually. Yeah, good. Good to meet you today. Yeah. But his plans were foiled by Mordechai, one of those captive Jews, and Esther. Do we have Esther's today? Let us see Esther's. Let, Esther's. Can we see can we see you? Esther's. <laughs> and here's our real Esther here. <laughs> Esther Painter. <laughs> we love you so much, Esther. You're so dear. This is your time, your day, your holiday. Yeah. Esther is the brave heroine in the story because she put her life on the line, risking everything she was a queen, everything for her people, and famously said, if I perish, I perish. Therefore, when we talk about Purim, we are talking about Esther. Please remember, if we're talking about Purim, we always remember Esther. When I think of Purim, I remember the Lord's faithfulness and His protection in our lives. No matter how the enemy tries to destroy Jewish people, we are still alive. Amen. The Lord is faithful to His promise, and His heart is filled with love for His children. He loves us so much. So much. And I know that we love each other. But believe me, this is a very small part of God's love. He loves us so much more. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, He remains faithful faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Even when we are not faithful, sometimes it happens, he is always faithful to us, always. How wonderful it is to have such a father, such a Lord, such a Savior, who, always, who is always for us, who loves us so much. Throughout our history, the enemy of human souls sought to destroy us. But the Lord is our protector and our shield. He is Magen Abraham, the shield of Abraham. And he is the shield of all who trust him. So, Mazel Tov, it is good to have the Lord as your shield. The Purim holiday is a reminder to us that we do not need to be afraid. But it is also a reminder to our enemies, those who wish to destroy us, that hatred of the Jewish people will not lead to anything good for them, only to their destruction 
and death. It is Purim. It is Purim. I would like to read Genesis chapter 12, started with verse 2. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. It is about Purim. Here is the promise on Purim. This is the Lord's promise to Abraham and through Abraham to his people, to all of us. My heart's desire is to make you into a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great so that you may be a blessing. This is his heart to all of us today. My desire is to bless those who bless you, but whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And you know, I love these words, will be blessed. There's no option. This is already, this will be blessed. Consider it done. This is the promise from the Lord. It is His promise. And Purim is one of the best examples of this. Two and a half thousand years ago, the enemies conspired to destroy the Jews and wipe out the people from the face of the earth. But it is no accident that Purim is called the holiday of victory. Purim is a celebration of the victory of the Almighty over evil, over dark designs, over the adversary. Zechariah chapter 4. Here's the golden verse for today. Please remember this verse. Zechariah 4, actually a few verses, verse 6 and verse 7. Then he responded to me by saying, This is the word of Adonai to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my ruach, says Adonai Sevaot, the Lord of hosts, the Almighty. Not by might, not by power, but by my ruach, says Adonai. He is the victor. He is the first one. Verse 7. Here's the problems. Here's the mountain of problems around him. And what are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. Why? Because the Lord said so. Because not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit. Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And here's the last part of this place, of this verse. He will bring out the capstone with shouts of grace. Grace to it. Purim confirms this. When defeat seems already inevitable, when there is no one to rely on and from whom expect help, it is at such moments salvation comes from the Lord. Here's his time. And I love this last part of this verse. He will bring out the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. So who is he? Yeshua is our capstone. And grace of the Lord is upon him. Yeshua, our cornerstone. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. For it says in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a chosen precious cornerstone. Whoever trusts in him will never be put to shame. And do you know his name? His name is Yeshua. John chapter 1, verse 17. Torah was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Yeshua, the Messiah. Grace, grace on it. Grace, grace on it. His mercy, His love, His grace in Yeshua, the Messiah. And He's here right now. Yeshua is here. We don't see Him by our own eyes, but we can feel His presence. We can feel His anointing. We can feel His love. Because He promised that two or three are together in His name. He is with us. So open your heart. Receive His love. Amen. So our victory is not in our wisdom, ability, our strength, but only in the Lord, in Yeshua and Him alone. Amen. We remember that Purim derives from the word Pur, Lot. And Psalms, uh, Psalm 16, verse 5, it is a great uh, confirmation and blessing to us. Psalm 16, verse 5. Adonai is my portion and my cup. You cast my lot. You cast my lot. Please believe me. Trust me. Trust me. Your destiny is in the Lord's hands. Because He, it says here, you cast my lot. Not this world. Not the government. Not the circumstances. Not the problems. Not the people. But you alone cast my lot. Why? Because David said, Adonai is my portion and my cup. Amen. Do you remember Sudat HaMashiach? Amen. He is my portion and he is my cup. He is part of my love. He is everything for me. And this is why he cast my lot, because my life in him. It is Purim. He cast my lot. Haman was defeated. <laughs> Not our Haman, but other Haman. Two and a half thousand years ago. And the evil he planned for the Jews turned against him. The people of Israel were saved and continued their historical path, guarded by the Heavenly Father, because he casts my lot. The key to this victory was trust in the Lord, fasting and prayer. The fact that the Lord is the Magen Abraham, the shield of Abraham. So let's move to the, on the lessons of Purim. So the first lesson, the main lesson of Purim. Please remember that. The Lord is always on the throne. Always. Sometimes it is hard to believe. Sometimes you cannot see this. But you need to believe in your heart. You need to know it. 
He is always on the throne. Some believers, uh, some believe that the book of Esther was written to illustrate how God works behind the scenes. And it seems so, considering that the text of the book does not mention the word God. You won't, you won't find the word God in the book of Esther. According to sages, the times of Purim were times of the hiding of the face of the Most High. Hiding the face is a state of the people when people do not feel the Lord's presence. Where is dried land? It seems to them that God hid his face and is no longer in control of things. Sometimes it happened because of our transgressions and sins. Sometimes it happened. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 18. I will surely hide my face on that day because of, because of all the evil they have done, for they have turned to other gods. So this is the time of hiding of the Lord's face. And the word translated hide in the original sounds like a steer. And some Torah scholars say that anyone who reads or hears these words in ancient Hebrew can hear the title of the book of Esther. Very close pronunciation, Esther, Esther. The Lord shows that even through it seems to people that the Lord has hidden, that he is no longer present among his people, that he does not care about us, and everything around is getting worse. In fact, the Lord has not gone anywhere. He is on the throne. He will never turn away from his people. And he has a plan of salvation and deliverance. Even we do not feel it. Amen. So let us trust in the Lord. Even we do not feel it. I know that it is easy to worship the Lord when we feel joy. It is easy to, um, to rejoice and to say that I trust the Lord when everything is okay. But we need to trust the Lord when it's difficult time. And specifically now. This world is getting crazier and crazier every day. And we have to trust the Lord. Amen. Let us say together, I need to trust the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah 29. Do you remember the Lord? He casts our lot. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 12, and 13 and 14, actually. Here's the Lord saying about us. For I know the plans that I have in mind for you. And you know what? Sometimes we don't know his plans. Sometimes we wonder, what is his plans about me? But he says, he promised, For I know the plans that I have in mind for you, declares Adonai. Plans for shalom and not calamity. Shalom and not calamity. To give you a future and a hope. This is our Lord. He has future and hope. He's full of blessings. He's full of mercy and love towards us. And verse 12, here's the promise. People of God, here's the promise. Then you will call on, call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Can you imagine the Lord, God of heaven and earth, he says, you will call on me and I will listen to you. I promise to you. I know plans on your life. You will seek me and find me 
when you will search me with all your heart. Then I will be found by you, says Adonai. So, the Persian name Esther in Hebrew sounds like hidden. She kept her religious and national identity a secret, and no one knew that she was Jewish until the time came from God to reveal it. Amen. The Lord shows that He is there to save at the most critical moments. How important it is to remember this lesson today. He is there. He is with us always. When it seems that the Lord is far away and we may not understand what is happening to us, we need to live by faith and trust the Lord is with us. This is our time to trust the Lord. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. This is the promises. You know, I'm using these scriptures to give you hope and trust into the Lord. Nothing builds our faith as the Bible, the scriptures. Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who trusts, to the Jews first, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from trust to trust, as it is written. But the righteous shall live by emunah, by faith. Let us say together, but the righteous shall live by faith. By faith. The word emunah itself comes from one word aman which means to securely trust, to rely upon, and from which we get the word Amen, true. The Lord is Amen. So we trust in Him. We live by faith. We live by Him. He's our Amen. He's true. He's righteous. He's always Amen for us. The Lord prepares His plan of salvation, and He has hidden people, like Esther was, who trust in Him and are ready to fulfill his will. So today I would like to pray for these hidden people. We need answer from the Lord. And I know that the Lord he has his people in the key places. Like he had Esther. Nobody knew that she was and she is a Jew. Nobody knew about it until time came. So let us pray. Let us pray for a couple minutes of for Ukraine and for today's situation in this, this world. Not only for Ukraine, but for America, for other countries. I would like to ask the Lord to reveal Esther's, to bring them forward, to reveal them. Lord, I thank you so much for your people, Lord. I thank you for, for all of those who are faithful to you, Lord. I thank you for hidden Esther's who are, who are there, Lord, who are waiting for you to say forward. Lord, I pray for these people, Lord whose hearts are pure, who are bold, who are strong, Lord, who trust you, Lord. We pray that you will raise them up, Lord, that you will give them authority and power, Lord, to speak truth, to stand up, Lord, for truth, Lord. We ask for your favor over your people, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. Lord, please, we ask for your shalom be upon them and your wisdom be with them, Lord. We thank you for your victory over Hammonds of today time, Lord. We thank you for your mercy over your people, for your salvation. 
for your truth and for your love in our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. I promise you one hour. One hour, so let's forward. Another important lesson from this story is that the Lord is the God of a second chance. I already um, shared it with you, but I would like to repeat it one more time. Today I want to consider what, lead, what led to the events of the book of Esther. In the history of Esther, the existence of the Jewish people was threatened by the hatred and arrogance of one man named Haman. Ooh. According to some Torah scholars, the life of this man, Haman, was the result of the disobedience of the king of Israel to God's command many years ago. And please, it is just a theory, but it, it has place. In book of Samuel, chapter 15, God told King Saul to conquer the Amaleks, Amalekites and destroy everything, including the cattle. I would like to read it. First Samuel 15, started with verse 2. Thus says Adonai Tzavot, I remember what Amalek did to Israel. How he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. And verse 3, this commandment to Saul, King Saul. Now go and strike down Amalek and put all he has under the ban of destruction. So have no pity on him. And we know this story. Despite Saul being the victor, he kept Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. Verse 9 says about that. But Saul and the people spared Agag. He, sp he spared him. And then he blamed the people for everything when he faced Samuel. He said that this is not me, this is the people. I, I, I saved the best to bring to the Lord. Do you remember this story? And the Lord told him, obedience better than sacrifices. You better to be obedient to me. So, after 500 years, when Jews lived in exile in Persia, we could read about Haman, the enemy of the Jewish people. So Esther, book of Esther, chapter 3, verse 1. Sometime later, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman. And here's the, about Haman. Son of Hamedatha, the Agagite. Do you remember? Saul spared Agag. And here's the, here's the Haman. Son of Hamedatha. The Agagite. So Haman was Agagite. What is, that is a descendant of Agag. The same Agag from first book of Samuel, chapter 15. When Haman discovered that Mordechai, a Jew, did not bow to him, he was filled with rage and planned to kill all the Jews. And I have a question. Why did he have such a harsh reaction towards all Jewish people? I believe because for Haman, this is not just arrogance, but historical hatred and personal revenge. Because he remembered the story of his people. Haman was probably raised knowing the origins of his royal family and how their kingdom fell at the hands of the Jews. Now when he was in power, he could reply to the Jews in full, 
destroy and seize their property and spoils. And now I want to read one interesting place from the book of Esther. Esther chapter 4, verses 13 and verses, verse 14. Esther 4, 13 and 14. And let us read about Mordechai and about Esther. Mordechai told them to reply to Esther with this answer. Do not think in your soul that you will escape in the king's household more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have attained the royal status for such a time as this. I love this. Such a time as this. While many are familiar with the story of Queen Esther, not everyone hears the message about the consequences of disobedience and how God gives a second chance to those who do His will. 1 Samuel chapter 9. Let us read one place of Scripture, interesting place. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Bekorath, son of Aphiah, son of Benjamite. He was a mighty man of Valor, and he had a son whose name was Saul, young and handsome. This is how Saul became a king, because he was young and handsome. Yes, so Saul was from the name of uh, Zeror, yeah, from Kish. It is verse 1. A man of Benjamin, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel. And let us read about Esther, Esther chapter 2, verse 5. There was a Jewish man in the Shushan palace whose name was Mardechai. So here's the Mardechai. There was Saul. Here's Mordechai, son of Jer, son of Shimei, son of Kish, and Benjamin. Wow. From the same man, from the same tribe, from the same family. He had raised Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. So here's the story. Saul, son of Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin lost his kingdom because he did not destroy Amalek. He did not obey the Lord, saving the life of King Agag. And now Esther, after so many years, Hadassah, a descendant of the house of Kish, the same house, was raised to the kingdom just for such a time as this. Amen. I love this place of the scripture. Saul was disobedient and he lost his kingdom. And from the same tribe, the Lord raised Esther, Hadassah, who was obedient to the Lord and was able to finish what the Lord says to, to, to her. The Lord gives us a second chance where we have shown pride and disobedience. He is ready to deliver us. In the same way today in our life, in order to turn evil into good, to see the light of salvation and feel the triumph of victory, we need to open ourselves up to the Lord, admit our failure and inability to help ourselves, and accept Yeshua as the promised Messiah and Deliverer. 
I would like to conclude with first with book of John 3.16. Here's the most important verse for today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. The event described in the book of Esther are a type of the miraculous salvation and the gift of eternal life which we receive, receive through the sacrifice of Yeshua. Amen. Yeshua is our joy. He is pouring for us every day of our lives. So again, I would like to conclude with these words. Happy Purim. Hak Purim Sameach. In the end, I want to remind you that if Beth Israel is a blessing to you, please consider to be a blessing to Beth Israel. We will close with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. I would like to invite you to stand. And before we pray, I would like to thank everyone who pray for Ukraine and who pray for our families. We really appreciate your prayers. Thank you. This is the time to pray for our families. So uh, I have a good news. Uh, my mom, she's evacuated. She's okay. She's out of this war. Please keep praying for my brother. He's still in Nikolaev and for his um, son, my nephew, who actually came to the Lord right before the war, two weeks before this war. Yeah. Praise the Lord. The Lord, the Lord knows the times. He brought him to himself two weeks before this war. And also let us pr continue to pray for Ina's mom and for Ina's family because all of them in Nikolaev. And it's a very difficult time. It is, it, is, it is full war. So let us pray. Yiverha donai veishmerecha, yere donai panavalecha vichunecha, yisa donai panavalecha veyasemlecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom and welcome to Onek, to Shalom Central.